Hi, welcome to this week's edition of Sony Music Presents Time to Talk. I'm your host, Sean Sennett. Very excited this week. We've got a fantastic young artist uh, joining us for a conversation, Rule. Rule has a new EP out called Bright Lights, Red Eyes. And uh, we caught up a couple of weeks ago when he just released a new single called As Long As You Care. Now, if you saw the video for As Long As You Care, you're probably thinking, wow, this guy really knows how to make a clip. Um, there was, I think, 20 different set pieces went into the video, and it was a part of something much larger, which Rule called uh, RuleVision.tv. So if you go to the site, you can see there's like 70 pieces of content created to keep you amused on your computer 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But of course, primarily, he's a, a singer-songwriter. He's done phenomenally well here in Australia. Uh, sells out overseas and in Europe. He's got accolades from MTV, the Arias. Here's a few stats for you. Half a billion streams, 1.4 million followers on Instagram, five platinum records under his belt. I mean, he really is a, a trailblazer and he's doing something very uh, unique with his collaborations. He's very forward thinking with his attitude to pop music. And he's just a, a really lovely guy to chat to. So here he is uh, for the first time on Time to Talk, Rule. Hey, Rule. How are you? I am pretty great, thank you. Yeah, happy to happy to be here. Happy to talk about my music. <laughs> well, well, listen, well, I'm pr I'm pretty bleary eyed because I've been up all night watching Rule Television. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean that that is amazing what you've done. I mean, most people in lockdown might read a book or you know maybe write a song. You've created an entire twenty four hour streaming TV service. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a pretty <laughs> ambitious idea from uh, my team on behalf of my team and and myself. We uh we all kind of came up with this idea just through the um as long as you care music video concept because uh, yeah. we had this idea you know for this mid century vibe as and uh, mid century aesthetic and uh, you know to ha have the TVs as the main kind of hero shot. So yeah. uh, I would be flicking through all these skits and uh, and you know television shows. So the idea came from just trying to make all these TV shows that you see on the screens their own piece of content. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's where kind of Raw Vision was born. And that's where we started writing all these skits and writing all these, uh, all these characters and, um, and strange, strange things. <laughs> so if I've got this right, the video has like 20 different bits of content within the video. They're videos within videos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, there's about 20 pieces of uh, – of, uh, there's about 20 shows – on our uh, rule vision and there's about 15 hours of content overall that we uh <laughs> that we filmed <laughs> it's amazing i mean you must have had so much fun the the, the sort of robin batman costume is great yeah yeah old... yeah that was the kind of the adam west sort of style yeah uh a tv show we were we were trying to doing a trying to do a parody off it's funny you refer to it as mid-century i look back at it and think when i was a kid that's how the world looked <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah like it's kind of that 60s 70s sort of aesthetic i think um yeah like my parents were we're definitely um, uh, around then. <laughs> now, now, without giving away secrets to where your Batcave is, um, that house <laughs> that you shot the video in was amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's in um, that's actually in Mount Martha in uh, in Melbourne. So that's just like down on the peninsula. So yeah. uh, I flew over there. Yeah, just for a, we were there for a few days shooting that video, and then uh, the rest of like the studio stuff was um, filmed in the soundstage in in, uh, in Melbourne. So to give people some context, the video clip is one thing, and it is a thing of wonder. People should check it out. But the uh, the streaming TV service, 
I mean, I'm, I'm watching that and I'm watching your hmm. trivia nights and uh, <laughs> y- y- you reading Pitbull's lyrics aloud, which is, <laughs> is just wonderful. Uh, so how many flavours of Fruit Loops are there? I've forgotten. Man. I, don't, I don't know any of that. I've forgotten all those trivia questions. That was a blur. <laughs> that was so <laughs> boring to do to film. It was just me in front of like a pedestal being like, true or false? Yeah, uh, and just said some fact that we found off this website. But uh, do, yeah, I, I probably awful. I'd be awful at all those trivia. Yeah, all do snails questions. have teeth? That was a good one. I'm going to you know just throw these at my kids randomly for the next sort of you uh, should, you week should. or so. Um, yeah, I think that was like the plan was to try and make uh, rule vision as kind of interactive as possible as well. So um, you know, with the with the karaoke thing like that, was just idea. So that was the idea to you know release all the official instrumentals of the songs uh, on the website and, you know, with all the lyrics kind of popping up and, you know, and then I just, like, film some silly stuff in front of a green screen to make it look like you're in, like, a shitty karaoke bar in Japan. (laughs) Yeah, which can be a great place to be. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. I was just wondering about your your, your process. Um, obviously, songwriting is your main game, apart from creating twenty four hour television <laughs> shows. When you were making the the TV station, were you literally living and breathing it for I don't know how many days or weeks to create that content? Well, yeah, we were we were writings and recording and uh, and, and shooting all that for about four weeks until we got it all finished. So it wasn't too bad actually. We yeah. it was just really jam packed. It was like ten to twelve hour days, like and it most days and uh yeah we were just really just going ham on making as much as possible and a lot of the content actually just happened from you know us creating a character an idea and then just letting the cameras run and i just like improvise for like an hour and just yeah. like and uh and just be in front of the camera and just like like the uh for example like the rob boss uh yeah. bob ross parody um like of me just painting a portrait of myself like that was just all kind of we had the idea, we had the character, and then I just painted a portrait of myself and pretended I knew what I was talking about for, like, it's like 40 minutes, the, the, uh, the piece. So, yeah, it was, um, it's really just, you know, uh, a, lot of, a lot of it just came from that. So it was a lot of fun to do. Like, I was just cracking up the whole time with my team. It was so much fun to do. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely great memories. Oh, it must have been a total blast. But, of course, songwriting is your bread and butter. That's that's your thing. And, and obviously singing and, and recording records. And I was kind of curious, you're a natural collaborator as the videos show again. Can you talk me through uh, writing a song for you? What's your process? Does it start with a lyric idea mm-hmm. or a beat or where does it come from? I think uh, for me now, like it, it just changes a lot in terms of my environment or who I'm with. Um, for personal, for right now, like what I've been writing in isolation, uh, it's all just been coming from chords first. I think is the main thing that I that I really really care about is just making is like finding chord progressions and finding weird chords that I hadn't heard before, don't know how to play, and then I become really excited about it. And then once I have something that feels nice, then uh, I just like let it loop, and I'll just record a bunch of melodies over it. And uh, so I just do like you know I'll just be singing gibberish. And um, then once I had like a few melodies that I like, uh, I'd just come up with an idea. And sometimes the gibberish that I was saying in the sketch melodies will have a few lyrics in there that will just like kind of come out and you kind of just got to put the pieces together like that. And then, uh, and then the final thing is obviously the full production of the song, which um, uh, M Phases, obviously my producer, he's, he's been producing all my EPs um since i was about you know, 12 or <laughs> he's i've been working with him since about 12 so uh yeah i do a lot of stuff with him and that's kind of how it kind of is made usually 
But uh, for these um for these songs on the EP, I wrote them all in uh in Paris in last year in, in June, and um, I was there with Sarah Aaron's and M Faces, and uh, yeah, we had just a little MIDI keyboard and my guitar there. And I think, yeah, that's kind of how we came up with most of the songs. But it, they all just came so quickly. Mm. Like, uh, they, like As Long As You Care was written in about half an hour. The, all the other songs were written in under an hour and all in like three days. So, uh, yeah, it, they, they all kind of flowed out really nicely. So that's why I'm really happy this new EP. Uh, they, they, it's, they're all these Paris songs. So they all kind of fit quite nicely together. So bright lights, red eyes. So it kind of captures a moment in time for you because yeah. you, you were thinking, am I right? You were thinking about heading off to Bali to write the album, but it didn't happen. Well, during, yeah, uh, I did. COVID. I did go to Bali for for a couple of weeks at the start of this year in uh, start of February. So kind of right as COVID was mm-hmm. uh, kind of starting to spike in in China. So that's why, like, where kind of where everyone everyone was like, oh, the, like we're fine. We're we're in. Australia, we're in the US, like it's mm. not going to affect us. So I was like, yeah, we'll go to Bali. Let's go there for a couple of weeks and write some songs. And uh, yeah, so that was kind of where I was going to plan to start the album. And uh, so I wrote a couple of songs there, came back. Um, and then I was going to go to LA for a few months to finish the album or kind of write the bulk of it there. And then you know, COVID just started yeah. to <laughs> snowball and... Yeah. Uh, Went to uh, so I, I had to leave LA pretty quickly, and uh, I was back home by myself, and I had to make a studio. In, I had to. I got to make a studio in my house, and um, then I started, you know, writing a bit here. And then I was like, "This is just going to take a lot longer now yeah. to put out this album." And I was just itching to release music, so I was like, "Let's just put out an EP with all these songs that we were going to put on the album, but." Uh, kind of happy they're not now because they all get their own chance to shine yeah, in, yeah. Uh, and yeah and also I think it's quite nice as well because I didn't want to put out an album that I couldn't tour like after mm. after putting it out so I think by the time the next album uh, or my first album will come out hopefully uh, touring will be back on so that'll be a a nice thing. That's quite a fantasy right now. <laughs> oh yeah, I can I can imagine. I, I, I love the fact to say a song like a real thing where you're inspired by watching High Fidelity. Mm. So have you yeah, got yeah. your antenna up all the time looking for things either in film or real life? Film is a big thing for me, uh, for inspiration. I have just this one notes page in my phone where I just write every kind of idea uh, that comes to me that through either film quotes or ideas or just plots of storylines or or things that happen in my real life and my yeah. real life as well. Um, yeah. You know, just like things that happen, I just write down or just nice imagery. Um, so yeah, I think that that one real thing is kind of the most kind of clean example of me using yeah like this one scene from High Fidelity and making that into a song. So what and, films uh, have you seen lately that have kind of uh, excited you, old um, or new? I've watched I watched Her with um, Joaquin Phoenix and oh. Scarlett Johansson. I love that. What a great uh, film! What a great idea! How, yeah, how, yeah. how kind of of the moment does that feel? I know exactly. Like they really nailed that. Mm. Um, that futuristic kind of dystopian aesthetic, I think. Like, I think yeah. that is really quite realistic of what yeah. could happen. So, uh, yeah, I was really, really uh, inspired by that one. Just to, and I think that like that was really the main inspiration I got with that was just the colors of that movie. I think it was some of the nice, like it was the nicest grade. I think 
the nicest grade <laughs> I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> I think in terms of just the colors and and how they uh and how they like all the outfits and the styling. I think was just incredible. Um, yeah, I watched uh, I watched lots of Christopher Nolan. I watched uh, I watched Inception for the first time a few uh, a few weeks ago. Watched a few. Um, uh, I watched Hereditary and Midsummer, which have been two pretty crazy things that uh, really <laughs> messed me up. <laughs> They're quite scary movies. So, so with Inception, did you go straight to Wikipedia when you finished it? I I think that one I was okay with. Then I watched Tenet. That was definitely ah. Wikipedia time. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great yeah. film. But I was like, it, it, it's funny because with Tenet, I kind of felt I love the mood of the film and how it looked. I mm-hmm. can't tell you in great detail what happened, but I really no, enjoyed I can't. It. But I, yeah, me too. It just looked amazing and it felt great to watch. I think mm. I was, I was, you know, really, I was excited to know what was going to happen next, even though I didn't really know what happened before. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, a good way to put it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I really like that film. So yeah, I've been watching a lot of films. Now, I'm, I'm a big lyric fan, and I love this one from Don't Cry. You've been writing novels. I'm the inbox for your problems. Yeah, that that's, is- that's probably one of my favourite lines I've, I've written as well, actually. Um, I think that one was just, that song was a very... Uh, specific time of my life as well i was you know talking about a very specific situation yeah. and um i think that song was probably the best i've ever summed up a real life experience and wow. uh, it was very satisfying writing that song again that one came very quickly just because of how i was like saying exactly what was kind of happening in my life or what i thought was happening um yeah so, so I'm curious, with your songs, it sounds like you get a feeling and you want to get that down on, on tape or some kind of recording device. Yeah. Do you sweat on the lyrics a lot do, or do you like to get those out quickly too? No, the, the lyrics, I think, like, especially like right now, I, I've, been, I've been having a lot more of appreciation for lyrics, I think, in, a, in ISO. I've been listening to a lot more kind of singer-songwriter stuff as well where it's really uh, lyric, lyrically based. So... Um, I have been spending a lot more time on that, on just like creating kind of weird imagery and yeah. imagery that people haven't heard before. And um, I don't, I don't, I'd love, yeah, I love uh, poetry as well. So I just think I've been getting, I don't know, it's, it's hard to find a balance between keeping it um, specific to what is happening, yeah. but also like vague and nice, like, imagery as well like it's it's kind of because those are my three like favorite things it's just um specific but vague enough to relate to it and uh and imagery and just like like lyrics where it makes you think of a like a memory that you had or where it's so specific like i think frank ocean does it incredibly well Mm. where like he was say a lyric where it's just he's just explaining something that he saw like like a few days ago and you can just see it so vividly so i think that is really um important to me as well to try and to try and get better at i guess that's the trick isn't it you want to have an element of truth in the lyrics so they resonate with people but not mm-hmm. so specific that they become solely yours and, the, and your listener can't relate to them yeah, yeah, yeah. we want to kind of feel i've had that feeling as well exactly yeah i was talking to a friend the other day saying i'd be doing this interview with you and they told me a funny story uh there's a place called the fortitude in brisbane uh, mm-hmm. which is a venue you played at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a, there's a very, very famous singer who's playing the night after you. And they said, oh, when I go on stage, I want you to close the doors because I don't want to see the light out in the hallway when I'm playing. And they said, we can't close the doors <laughs> because rules fans tore them off. <laughs> this is crazy stuff. That was, uh, yeah, that was quite, um, 
quite insane. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't even know that happened till like the day afterwards as well. Like it was uh, when the doors opened or they, I don't think they did open the doors. I think that my fans opened the doors. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, they, they, uh, they kind of just got a bit, I don't know, I got a, got a bit out of hand. Um, I think just very <laughs> excited. And uh, yeah, I, I was completely oblivious to it. I came out and I was like, that was a fun little show. <laughs> and, um, and then like when I like went to, I think Perth the next day, and then uh, my manager sent me a photo of like the door they ripped down. I was like, oh God, we're going to have yeah. to pay for that. <laughs> it's kind of like you get your feet minus door replacement. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so, so, I mean, we, we've all seen those documentaries about the Beatles and they say they're in the eye of the hurricane. It's calm where they are. But there's all this craziness going outside. What is it like when you turn up in the SUV, you get out and you, your fans literally go nuts to hear you and see you? I think I don't think I'll ever get used to it. I kind of hope I don't get used to it. To be honest, mm. um, I think that's the, I think that's the kind of thing that's going to keep me normal. And I, like, you know, I don't want to start. I don't, like, you know, the worst thing to do is ever is to believe your own hype. I think that's like yeah. the worst thing you can do. So I think obviously my family, have, like they're very like you know, uh, um, they're trying very hard to <laughs> like they're, they're always they're always going to keep me grounded. I think just because you know they really do have my best interests at heart and like my whole team as well around me, you know, are making like, they always make sure that I'm not kind of thinking that I'm better than I am. So I think, uh, I think, you know, with the people around me, I'll be fine. Um, but yeah, it is, it is pretty nuts seeing, you know, all these people care about me and like the fact that I don't even really know them is kind of even weirder. Yeah. You, know, you mentioned your family, and of course, your dad was influential in helping you get signed by giving mm-hmm. your demo tape to Nick, who gave it to M Phasers, and you know the rest is history. Yeah. But when I'm listening to music, I can hear things like I hear in one track. I heard an element of Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder was a huge part of my life musically um, when I was growing up. From when I was really, when, from really when I was born, uh, my dad would just play Stevie Wonder vinyl, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Dave Brubeck. Um, like when I was a little bit older, like Amy Winehouse and uh, and stuff like that. So a lot of old soul and um, and R and B. So I think it kind of just embedded into my brain, kind of subconsciously. So I think that song where I kind of referenced mm. <laughs> Stevie Wonder the most was "Face to Face" with that mm. harmonica solo and the uh, like this um, this one like the, what this use of uh, the. Um, uh, arpeggiated kind of scale where it's like the like that I mean like that this is just so Stevie um so I think that yeah that's kind of and I didn't even when I was writing that I don't don't think I was even really thinking of it I don't think I was thinking like oh that sounds like Stevie I think it just kind of happened because of how embedded he is into my brain Stevie's just part of your musical DNA really yeah 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 definitely and then when, so obviously like every kid, you're sort of absorbing the music your parents play. When did you get charge of the uh, the radio or the CD player? When did you start, ta- when did you take over? I think um, I started to really find my own taste when I was like eight or nine. Um, I got really, really into James Morrison, uh, mm-hmm. the English singer-songwriter. His first album, Undiscovered, it came out in like 2006. So I was four when it came out and I remember... I think my dad might have played like a song from it. And I was like, what is this? Because his voice, I just thought had so much emotion, just like very husky voice. And his production was 
singer songwriter, but like very jazz inspired as well. Mm. So I was just blown away by it. And I listened to that album for about three years straight, just over and over and over again. And that was the first CD that I bought was, was James Morrison undiscovered. And, uh, I think, yeah, that was really, that was kind of like the stem of like my own kind of musical taste. And then obviously I got really into like the Ed Sheeran's and Bruno Mars and stuff like that. And then, um, uh, and then when I kind of hit kind of like my early teens, that's when I kind of got into like Frank Ocean and, uh, Tyler, the creator and, um, like, uh, James Blake and, mm. um, like, uh, Kind of like there's more kind of R&B sort of yeah. hip hop sort of inspired the stuff, which I which I really really love. So obviously people like Tyler and Hilltop Hoods have reached out to you to do things and so forth. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What's it like when you um, say record with another artist that you respect? I mean, they're obviously getting you to bring your your rule bit, and are you trying to complement their song or bring something unique to it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's really important for for features. Um, I think if you start if you start to try and mimic what you're doing a feature for, it doesn't really feel like mm. you're bringing anything to the track. So I think um, you got to bring yourself as much as possible, or just bring your own spin on what they do. Um, so yeah, I feel like I, I I feel like for feature, that's the that's a really important thing for me is to make it um, kind of worthwhile to make it actually feel like I deserve to be on this track. <laughs> <laughs> it, when I think it was something like uh, Don't Tell Me, which you said just wasn't quite right, and then mm-hmm. a, d- a dirty guitar gets added, then suddenly the whole song feels, this is it. Yeah, I think that was Dazed and Confused. Um, I was Dazed and Confused. Yeah, yeah, that was the one where, like, when we first wrote it, it was just like this kind of staccato piano, um, and it just felt like, I was like, this doesn't feel right. This is quite kind of, kind of expected, and um, yeah. I don't know, it, it felt a little bit corny. And um, when uh, I got, but I really like the melodies and I like kind of the idea of the song. And then when, yeah, we kind of added that dirty kind of uh, phased out guitar and the kind of rough drums, I was like, oh, okay, no, this is like a, a cool song now. <laughs> I was like, no, this is this, like, I'm happy we kind of um, pursued it because I feel like there was, there was obviously something behind the, uh, the corny piano. <laughs> so, so every song, I guess, that kind of resonates with you or your audience has a hey presto moment where things come together. Yeah, definitely. I think um, songs, when you first write it, can change complete, like, drastically. Like, keeping these, you know, the same melodies, lyrics and chords, mm. but like, just production can completely change the song. So, look, you know, a lot of people listening will never get to go to a recording studio so mm. I wonder if you could possibly talk us through the life of a song. So you've written the song, you may have collaborated with a person to write the song, the lyrics are locked down, you've got your melody and so forth. Then you turn up, how does the magic happen? Talk us through the, a day in the life of a song. So I guess for this EP it's been a bit harder because um, I haven't been I can, able to go to the studio with my producer and phases. Yeah. Um, but uh, I feel like, for, like hopefully for the album I'll be able to do that. But um but right now it's just a lot been over correspondence. Like he'd uh, um, just like send a kind of first version uh, of like a song that I wrote. And um, and then I just send back just like a bunch of notes and then he'll come back with something and I'll be like, oh yeah, this is good. That's good. I could change that though. So it's really just kind of over email a lot of it now. Yeah. Um, which uh, which is fine. It kind of works fine because I feel like Envase and I have such a strong relationship and we have such a kind of also the quite a telepathic um uh, relationship in terms of you know what 
we know each, what each other want and we know what each other uh, likes. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're always sending each other music and we're always sending each other um, new stuff that we hear. So I think it, it's, it is quite easy with, with M-Phases. So what uh, the title itself, um, Bright Lights, Red Eyes, where did that come from? So that is a, is a lyric from the first single, As Long As You Care. So that's like kind of the main hook. That's like the, the main line of the hook is bright lights and red eyes. And uh, I think to me, it just really summed up my life in 2017. <laughs> um, it was a lot of, was, I think it sums up touring a lot. So it's like, you know, red eyes, red eye flights and just yeah. being tired from uh, you know, just traveling. And then bright lights is obviously the kind of flip side is when you're on stage and there's a lot of adrenaline and there's a lot of ha- a lot happening and you're going through cities with just lots of lights going everywhere. So um, I think those are like the two things that, I like visually that I that I remember uh, from tour, and I think kind of summed it up the best. So I wanted to. Uh, I think I think it was just a very important lyric. So I thought making that the EP title was a was a cool yeah. idea. Have you made a clip for the next track from the EP? Oh, we've kind of made um, like visualizers. I'd say yeah. they're not like full clips, as in the, as long as you can music video, where it's yes. like a full fully blown music video. Like the other stuff is like. Um, yeah, I'd call like visualizers just that we made in the Rural Vision TV sort of world yeah. where I'm just like wearing a wig and I've got a bunch of go-go dancers around me <laughs> and, um, and I'm singing a song. So, uh, Hey, yeah. that sounds like a good day at the office. Yeah, it kind of was. And that's probably the same clip I've seen within the Rural Vision, right? The, yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah, sort yeah, of bandstandy yeah. kind of thing. Exactly. So exactly. when you were doing those, were you sort of going on YouTube and referencing old shows? Were you looking yeah, for yeah, uh, style yeah. guides? For the for the bandstand stuff, it was definitely uh, just looking on YouTube to find like real life, you know, go go dancers and 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 like a host kind of going in between the go go dancers singing a song or kind of yeah. doing something. It's all very silly and so like over the top, but uh, it it is like a nice aesthetic. And I think the colors that we used are quite nice. I was wearing like this kind of icy blue suit with like this perm, like a blonde perm um, and like sideburns and like these blue glasses. So it was quite fun. It was it's very silly, but I liked it. So you're collaborated Grey Ghost. How do you guys work? You yeah, must spend so, um, a lot of time just kicking ideas backwards and forwards. Definitely, definitely. So, uh, yeah, he's been my creative director for since I was like 12, 13 as well. So we've you know, developed a really strong relationship. So, again, like we, he's really just good at knowing, you know, like knowing what I like as well. So uh, for these video treatments, he just sends me like a, uh, like a, like a document with like all the, like the colors that he like, he wants to use it, like the storyline mainly. And then we'll just get on like a, a zoom call or a, um, a call and we'll just talk out, talk it out and try and make it, you know, as me as possible as well. So um, uh, yeah, he's been amazing to work with. He's such an incredible uh worker he's so good at so many things <laughs> so it's really it's really nice to have that one guy you know that um can help me you know design merch and and uh do these music videos do ep arts do um yeah all sorts of things so i assume spending your time in in lockdown now you, you're hard at work writing more songs for for what will become the the finished album when it comes out whenever that yeah may yeah be. i've been um i've been i've been writing a lot uh, just, you know, by myself, I've kind of been, uh, just having fun with it. Really. I've been just making music that I really, I've always wanted to write, but, um, I've never kind of found myself in the opportunity to do that because, you know, like I really just like kind of experimenting. So, um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun 
Um, but I think, you know, once this EP's out, I'm going to be kind of hitting the studio with a, a PJ, a Thief, who I wrote kind of a lot of the first EP with and like kind of the, my first collaborator because he's just moved back to Sydney. So I think I'll be writing a lot with uh, him for the album, which I'm excited for. Yeah, I remember reading about when you were trying to get a deal and you said you played boardrooms for executives all around the yeah. world. <laughs> yeah, That yeah. must be the most harrowing thing. And you said some of them sometimes they're looking at their iPhones, they're not being very present. Have you had many of them reach out now and say, hey, you were the guy, <laughs> we should have signed you? Um, I mean, not that I've personally seen. Um, maybe, who knows? But, yeah. yeah, that was a very weird time in my life. That was really like kind of before I had any music, before I had any following or anything, I was just had my guitar and um, and I uh, and my manager. We were just going around the world singing yeah. in these boardrooms, and it was. I think that was the thing that killed my stage fright. I think <laughs> if I ever had any, like before that, like like doing that is by far the most intense kind of intimate thing you could possibly do, because um, they're all just. Judging, they're meant to judge you. They've got their phones out. They're on there. They're writing notes. They're they're not looking happy to be there. And you're just in front of them trying to sing a song. And it like you know, so obviously sometimes it goes well. But uh, yeah, it is such a weird experience. Did you kind of feel that you had a sense of destiny that this was always going to be the thing you did? It's always something that I've wanted to do. I think it was the, always the thing that I thought that I was. Uh, if I had to do anything or if I could do anything, this is probably what I would do. Yeah. Never ever thought that it would actually work out because <laughs> yeah. I always had in my mind, I was like, yeah, like this could be something that I'd want to do, but like it's incredibly hard and incredibly unlikely for, you know, a lot of people. So um, I don't know. I uh, I didn't, I never really had in my head that I was like, I, I, um, I'm going to be successful in it. But I, like, I always love to sing and I always love to, you know, to write little songs yeah. as well. So when it started to happen, I was like very overwhelmed and I was very like, oh, okay, this is happening now. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been, yeah, strange kind of growing up in this, in this life yeah. since I've been like, since I've been 12, I've been kind of been touring and um, doing shows and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty weird. It's funny, a friend of mine said to their son recently, it's best not to have a plan B, then you don't have a get out. You have to, you have <laughs> to do the is, thing, you know, that, that you want to do. Good, that is a good point. Yeah, that is a very good point. I didn't really have time to think of a plan B. <laughs> <laughs> Great chatting. Thanks for your time. And I'll get back to watching Rule Vision. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, man. Great to talk to you. Uh, big thanks to Rule for being our guest on Sony Music Presents Time to Talk this week. So those trivia questions I asked him about, um, if you do go to Rule Vision, you'll see that uh, Fruit Loops, there's only one flavour, they all taste the same. Snails do have teeth. Rule's brand new EP is called Bright Lights, Red Eyes. And we hope to see you back here again next week. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>